All right. Well, here we are. Another episode of Scientology Fair Game. Hello, Mikey. Hi, Lily. <laughs> happy, happy to see you and your smiling face. I know the people that listen to this gotta wonder what are you, what are they talking about? But we do a Zoom call where we can see each other and our guests, so that it's easier to talk. But we don't air a video of the show, which people want. But yeah, not well, set I'm up not so that. enthused about that. Yeah, I know <laughs> because then everybody has to look good. Which, yeah. And you can't make all the weird facial expressions that, you know, whatever. It's yeah. easier. Yes, it's easier exactly. Audio. Exactly. Well, welcome to another episode of our, our podcast, Scientology Fair Game. With us today is a distinguished guest. Uh, we've also had uh, this guest on the aftermath. And so we thank you. Uh, we want to introduce our guest, Mike. Yes, sure. You know, uh, this is someone who. If you are interested in the subject of cults, this person is someone that you know all about. He is a former Mooney, but today he's a leading expert on cults, undue influence, and unethical hypnosis, which is something I definitely want to ask him about. Uh, he recently appeared in the Heaven's Gate uh, doc that was on HBO Max and in Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult that was on Stars. He's the author of several books on cults, Combating Cult Mind Control, Releasing the Bonds, Empowering People to Think for Themselves, Freedom of Mind, Helping Loved Ones, Controlling People, Cults, and Beliefs, and the last book that he wrote and published, The Cult of Trump. He's the founding director of Freedom of Mind Resource Center. Please welcome, and we, as we welcome, Dr. Steve Hassan. Hi, Steve. So nice to have you with us Hi, again. Mike. Hi, Lee. I was just remembering that we saw each other at Marcy Hamilton's Child USA Gala fundraiser, where you both got an award, I believe. Yes. Yes, and we did. And uh, I, I listened to your work. I, I saluted you when we first talked uh, for speaking out courageously. And I have not changed my opinion at all. <laughs> Thank and, you, uh, even, even, even though you've gotten to know us better, that's saying something. <laughs> that is saying I, something. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a journey, and I think whistleblowers share a kinship with each other, no matter what they've been blowing whistles about. And I guess I want to tell you that when I was deprogrammed from the Moonies in May of 1976, I really didn't know anything about Scientology, but then I made friends with a man who was an ex-Scientologist who mm -hmm. would prefer to remain nameless, but he's an attorney. Uh, and he started educating me about it, and he introduced me to Paulette Cooper, and we became friends because she was getting a lot of flack and I was getting a lot of flack from the Moonies. So we kind of bonded. So we've, I go back a long way with right. Scientology, right. fair game harassment. Yes. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that or for our listeners who don't know your story, if you would tell us a little bit about your story with the Moonies. Sure. And, and the deep programming process. Cause I think, uh, uh, people who are who are listening you you don't have to be uh in in a cult so to speak to be culty 
And, uh, you know, I've been looking into this because, you know, people often say, oh, even if I'm voicing an opinion that has nothing to do with nothing, you know, it's it's just a life core belief that I'm tweeting about or, or making my opinion known. It's, oh, is that because you, you know, you just got out of a cult, Leah, and now you're 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 still in a cult, you know, and and it's funny to me that that the people who are accusing me of that are 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 doing the same exact thing, and they were never in a cult, and yet what they're promoting and what they're suggesting is just as culty. Right. Yeah. So I mean, and I thought you were doing a little shout out to Mike Rinder being on a little bit culty podcast of Sarah and Nippy regarding the Nexium because I listened to you, Mike, on. On no, Sarah's show. Yeah, no, I'm talking about people who have to understand that their beliefs, uh, where where beliefs in general come from, you don't need to be from a cult to un- to, to to look inside yourself and go, right. well, you know, what am I promoting just because this is, you know, quote unquote, my politician doesn't make it true. Just because right. somebody says something or you are raised in something doesn't make it true. Right, exactly. So I have a little bit more of a nuanced take now after 45 years of doing this activism full time. And I would suggest that on on an influence continuum, and I'm holding up for your listeners, uh, a chart, a graphic of ethical to unethical influence. That's on my Freedom of Mind website. And for me, cults can be anywhere on a continuum. It's not a binary. And in my mind, all cults are not authoritarian, destructive cults like Scientology and the Moonies. You can be involved with a very intense group of people with a very narrow esoteric ideology. But the critical thing is, do you have informed consent? before you're pressured to join? Do you know what you're getting into? Full disclosure. Can you ask direct questions and get direct answers? Can you read whatever you want to read, talk to whoever you want to talk to, challenge the authority? Can you leave without fear and threats and harassment? For me, you can be in a, like I'm a scuba diver. I could say I'm in a scuba diving cult because I just, I'm passionate about it. And I will talk to anybody about their diving, but it's my choice. <laughs> Nobody's right. making me do it, right? Right, right, right. And and I think some, some of the key points that I think you were touching on, Leah, has to do with a, a mentality uh, that's very simplistic and binary, a black and white, all or nothing good versus evil. If you're in, then you have a right to exist. And if you're not in, you don't have any rights to exist, which is kind of a version of what you were describing on your podcast is fair gaming. You know, if you're you're in, then you have the rights and otherwise anything can be done to you to harm you, especially if you're whistleblowing against the cult. That's right. So, Steve, let's go th- go through your history a little bit. You joined the Moonies, and you got out in 1976. But how how long were you in the Moonies, and how? And I, I want to hear about how you went about deprogramming. Sure. Uh, that process. I can I can sure. talk about that. So I want to also say that from my perspective, nobody joins a mm-hmm. cult, a destructive cult. They get deceptively recruited, or maybe raised in it, where sure. you didn't have your own choice. 
Um, but no one that I know of knowingly wants to be lied to, abused, exploited, harassed, indoctrinated with phobias. So in my case, I was 19 and a half. I was an upper junior at Queens College. I should tell you I was born in Flushing, Queens, New York. I actually grew up 1.3 miles from Donald Trump's childhood home in Jamaica Estates. Anyway, in my story, I was raised Jewish. I read books. I played basketball. I worked as a waiter at a Holiday Inn on the weekends. And I was going to be a creative writer. And my girlfriend dumped me. And I was pretty down. And I was sitting in the cafeteria at Queens College, and three women approached me, asked if they could sit at my table, smiling. And what I later came to understand was love bombing. Mm -hmm. Oh, Steve, look at these books in front of you. Oh, my goodness, you must be so smart. And all <laughs> right, right. And, and I was just a 19-year-old who was, like, liking the attention of attractive women. I had no interest in joining a cult, getting involved with a cult in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I even asked them, are you part of a religious group or something? Oh, no, not at all. Right. And my dad, who had a hardware store that I was raised in, said, Steve, you can always tell when people are lying, look at their eyes, because they'll be shifty. If people look you straight in the eye, they're telling you the truth. Well, you can't say that about Scientologists. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this deliberately because I know yeah. all about the TRs and exactly. the eye fixation techniques. Yes, yes. But, but they, they were smiling and looking me in yeah, the right eye. At, right they at were you, right. Very convincing. Yeah. Sure. And they just did the incremental asking information about me. And then we want to introduce you to some friends and come over for dinner and have a lecture. Mm. And then they started a pitch about, we're going away this weekend. You got to come. It's going to be so much fun. Sure. And I was like, I work as a waiter on the weekend. I'm not free on weekends. Oh, but Steve, you got it. And they just kept on the pressure. And after... A number of times I just said, look, stop asking me. If some weekend I don't have to work, I'll go. Yeah. But otherwise, like, stop. Two days later, I call my boss. I say, what time am I? do I need to come in? He says, Steve, you won't believe it, but the wedding was called off. Take the weekend off. And it was the first time in two years of working at this, yeah. at this job I was given a weekend off. And I thought... Maybe I'm meant to go to this right, right. thing, yes. right? Yeah. Little magical thinking, 19-year-old, and sure. the girls were going, right? So so off I went. And as we're driving into this multi-million dollar estate in Terrytown, New York, the, the, the person at the front of the van says, oh, by the way, this weekend we're having a joint workshop with the Unification Church. And I said, excuse me, I'm Jewish. What is this about a church? And what is this about a workshop? I thought we were like going to have fun this weekend. You thought you were going to get laid. I mean, let's be honest, Steve. You really true. cut the bullshit. True. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Completely Thank true. you. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. I was a very normal uh, <laughs> yeah, young man. Listen, I'm not knocking you. Of course right. you should get laid. Go ahead. But I want to take that and just flip it and tell you I came yeah. to be indoctrinated within a few weeks. Yeah. 
to believe women were evil. I couldn't kiss them, hug them, much less think about having sex, because then there were demons attacking my mind. I didn't believe in demons before the cult indoctrination. Right. But as anyone knows, Scientology's upper levels, the body thetans Mm -hmm. are a version of Mm -hmm. demons. Right, right. You got to get rid of. Anyway, my story. So... I was not what anybody thought would be cult material because I was so independent thinking. I was an extra honor student and they couldn't, people, my friends, my family was like, what happened to Steven? It was like invasion of this body snatchers. Right, right, right. We can't talk to him anymore. Right. And I came to believe that God had selected me at this time in history, it was February of 1974. Uh, I might add it was the same month Patty Hearst was physically abducted from her apartment by the mm-hmm. Symbionese Liberation Army okay. and programmed to become Tanya. Yeah. Anyway, I became uh, uh, so indoctrinated that I believed that Moon and his wife were my true parents, Milton and Estelle were my physical parents, that we were at a, a critical moment in, in, in history of humankind where we were going to save the planet. Sure. And these historical forces were all coming together. And I had all of these ancestors in the spirit realms on my mother's and father's side who were looking to me to raise them spiritually by doing by following the Messiah on earth. And that moon was the greatest man in human history, greater than Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, etc. And I was picked up by one of his top leaders to be an American leader. I guess they saw me. I'm six feet tall. I can talk. uh, I'm, I'm intelligent. So they selected me for hand grooming indoctrination to assume leadership of Amer in America. And I was even told I should be the example to the president of American Moonies to follow. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I became a right-wing fascist, and I was thought that <laughs> democracy was satanic. We needed to, you know, infiltrate Congress and Senate. We we fasted for Nixon for three days during Watergate because God wanted Nixon to be president, mm-hmm. and I hated Nixon. Before mm-hmm. <laughs> I had been recruited, my father voted for him. I was like, Dad, he's a crook. He's a crook. Right. right. And then I'm in the Moonies and I'm calling my father thinking he's going to be happy with me. And Dad, I'm, I'm fasting for Richard Nixon to be president. He said, Steve, you are right. He's a crook. <laughs> I said, Dad, you don't understand. God wants him to be president. He said, Steve, now I know you're brainwashed. The guy's a crook. Right. Okay. And none of this and none of this meant anything to you, you know, your family. So I I was programmed to believe that if I loved my family, I would stay in the Moonies working my butt off yeah. 18 to 21 hours a day, seven days a week for zero money. Right. No benefits, zero, just working like a slave. But right. I would I would be able to save my family right, right, later. Right, 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 right. And, um, and I really came to fear 
satanic influences everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this binary of if it supports father and the unification movement, it's God. And if it's critical or anyone leaves, they're Satan. Right. A very clear binary. And of course, communism was atheism. So they were Satan's army on earth. And I worked recruiting people, indoctrinating people, doing political activities, raising money. Yeah. And my arc was rising. And at one point, one of the top leaders said, you know, Steve, you should think what country you want to run when we take over the world. I think I was 21 years old. Right. What country would you like? <laughs> and Mike, you're going to laugh at me. Guess which country I thought of. <laughs> Australia. I could have my own continent. <laughs> hey. And I had no ambition politically. I was not interested in money and power. Right. I was a, yeah. wrote poetry. Yeah. I was a lover, you know. I was just like, you know, make the world a better place and Yes. Anyway, I fell asleep at the wheel of a Mooney fundraising van. Drove into, <laughs> woke up as I was driving into the back of, uh, of a tractor trailer truck on the Baltimore Beltway at 80 miles an hour. Was pried out of the wreckage. Uh, it took him about 30 minutes to get me out of there and was basically in the hospital needing surgery on my leg. But it got me away physically from the group. Right. All the constant indoctrination. I slept. I ate. I didn't realize it until much later, but nurses would come in and massage my body like women were touching my body. And I wasn't thinking, oh, Satan's trying to tempt me. It was just like I was just like really traumatized from the experience. I called my sister Thea, who was the only person in my family that didn't say I was an occult and brainwashed during the two and a half years. She said, I miss you. I miss you. You're my little brother. You have a nephew you haven't met yet. I want him to know his Uncle Stevie. You please come and visit. And I was, I can arrange that. Just right. don't tell the parents because they're right. evil. Right, right. <laughs> and I got permission with my crutches and my casts on my legs and everything to go visit my sister. And thank God my sister told my parents they had hired a group of ex-moonies. Yeah. They took my crutches away. I was sitting <laughs> on the sofa at my sister's house, so I couldn't <laughs> run away and I couldn't fight. And, and it was an intervention. And it was an intervention. And But I had been programmed as you guys were about the evil deprogrammers. Sure. They're going to yep. beat me, torture me, threaten me, rape me, whatever. But, you know, is Satan trying to take me away from God? So, of course, like my cult self was in massive, you know, fight it out mode. Sure. And I didn't call into the cult as had been prearranged with the cult. Of course, they want to keep tabs and make yeah. sure nothing bad's going to happen, right? Yeah. And... So the cult was calling my sister's house and they kept making excuses where I was that I couldn't get on the phone. And my father realized, you've got to get them out of the house. They're gonna, the police are going to arrive with the cult and they're going to rescue me from the evil deprogrammer. So my father said, let's get in the car and go see mom. Because I been, had been asking, where's mom? I want to I see mom. Because mom would always do what Steve asked her to do. 
Yeah. <laughs> my whole life was, right, right. you know, my mom just loved me and would yeah. like literally believe anything that I said. Yeah. Uh, and um, long story short, we're driving to what I thought was my house. We missed the exit on the Long Island Expressway. And what does Steve think? Steve thinks, I think I'm going to snap my father's neck now. Right. I could just reach behind him and break his neck. We'll all die, but at least I'll be faithful to God and and all the ancestors will be happy. Fortunately, after about three minutes, I had the thought, Steve, you're a son of God. You're with the Messiah. You know the divine principle. They'll never break you. Don't be ridiculous. So I stopped that thought. And then we arrive at the next location for the deprogramming, and I notice my father hired a couple of football player type bouncer types that were going to assist me out of the car into the next location. And I basically looked, my, my father was sitting in the driver's seat. I was in the back seat with my leg out. And I said, Dad, you know how strong I am. If they try to make me go anywhere, I will kill them or they will kill me. But it will be on your conscience. Yeah. What do you want to do? And Mike, by the way, when we first met, you brought me to tears, if you remember. On I the do. Set, I remember. Where I was like, this is so surreal. The guy that I feared for so long is sitting next to me dissing Scientology. How amazing is this? Right, right. Anyway... I, I, I gave my father, but I'm, I'm mentioning that because I remember with Lisa McPherson, you would look in the camera and you would just like, you know, scare the crap out of whoever was listening to you if they didn't accept your version of reality. That's right. how I was with my father. And my father started to cry. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, nope. Uh, and it just went right through all the indoctrination. My father is really worried about me. Right. Hmm. And he said, Steve, what would you do if it was your son, your only son, who met a group that was controversial, he dropped out of college, and he disappeared? How would you feel? And for the first time in two and a half years, I imagined what he was feeling. And I was like, I'd probably be doing what you're doing now, Dad. Right. Of course, as a Mooney, I was thinking my dad was brainwashed by the of communist course. media right. against Father right. and the church. Right. But I still understood he loved me, and he was truly worried. So right. I said, Dad, what do you want from me? He said, we just want you to open your mind, give us a few days... Think about things. And if you want to go back, I'll drive you there myself. Hmm. I said, Dad, trust me. I'm not brainwashed. I'm not in a cult. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing God's will. He said, do it for your mom and me. Right. So that we a can couple sleep days. at yes. night. Listen to this one, yeah. Leah. You're from, right, Brooklyn? Yes. Okay, Queens. <laughs> Steve. Do it, do it for us so we can sleep at night knowing we did the responsible thing. Right. Right? And I was like, done. 
I, I can give you a few days. I'd be in the hospital anyway. Right. And little did I understand that learning about Chinese communist brainwashing, talking to former Moonies, one of whom I had recruited into the cult who had left. Right. My mind slowly started, the wheel started turning. And the thing that woke me up, and it was the final day, and it was a very sudden awakening experience was they asked, they gave me one of Moon's speeches and they asked me to read it and they asked me what I thought of it. And asking people what they think about something is the single best technique that I teach all my clients. Right, right. They're trying to help a loved one. Mm -hmm. Stop lecturing them, ask them good questions from a curious, concerned place. They said, read this. Tell us what you think, Steve. So I'm reading Moon's speech to congressmen and senators about how he respects Americans and how surprised he is that anyone could think that a Korean could ever brainwash an American and how absurd that idea was. And I was there reading this going, I've heard father say that a hundred times. Right. You know the truth. Right. Yes. In person. <laughs> right. How stupid Americans were, how dirty our brains were, blah, blah, blah. And I had the first negative thought in two and a half years. It was what a, what a snake was the first thought. The second was he's a liar. Second thought. Third, if he's a liar, then I can't trust him. Fourth thought, if he's a liar, then the teaching of the church that says it's based on truth, he can't be a representative of God of truth. And I had this experience like a house of cards were going plop, 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 plop in my head. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. And the other feeling, there's two other things I'll share. It was like being in a dark room and someone opening up the blinds and the sun comes in and you're like, whoa. Yeah. That's bright. And the last thing that I felt was like I was on the top of a skyscraper. And I think you'll relate to this because when you're in a cult, it says we are the chosen. We're the smartest people on earth, Mm -hmm. better than everybody else. I was like on a skyscraper falling. Right. But I never, I never hit bottom. I just right. felt like I was, I, I, I was, I was going somewhere. I didn't know where it was. It didn't feel good. Right. But I knew I couldn't good. believe that yes. crap anymore. Yeah. The bubble burst, and as soon as it burst, the real me was like, "Damn, <laughs> what happened? Right, right. What happened to me? How did this happen to me?" It's interesting that you said, you know, you read, you're, you're reading the speech, right? Here, here's the crazy thing. And Mike, I don't know if you, you want to add to this and maybe Steve can answer this, but when we're reading Scientology, you know, looking up words, every word that we don't understand, self brainwashing and you, and you said, and I, and I, and I say this all the time that you, well, one of the things you said when you when we filmed uh, our episode of the aftermath, you said Scientology is probably the worst of of self uh, of brainwashing because you're doing it to yourself. The two and a half hours a day mandatory reading and looking up words and all that. We know what we're reading is a, a lie, Mike. I can't ex- exactly explain this, but it's almost like 
it's like a wink, wink. Like this is just what we say to the outside world. It's like we all are indoctrinated into the lie as opposed to what happened to you, Steve, where you were like, you saw this and you read it and you were like, this is a lie. This is not what is actual. And we, Mike, know that it's a lie. And we're all kind of in this agreement that we lie to the public. Because yeah, so for me, you know, I was I was recruited at 19, so yeah. I already had like a sense of self. Sure. And an anchor, you guys unfortunately were did not have that benefit. Right. But our anchor was our, our parents were Scientology. Exactly. Yeah. So what I was going to say is I've talked to people from authoritarian countries like the Soviet Union, China, they talk the same way as you just expressed, Leah. Like you have a personal self, mm -hmm. but then you have a public self. You got to say the right things and everything else. Mm -hmm. And some people are more tuned in to their internal thoughts and feelings and like mm -hmm. what is reality. But most people aren't. But But their authentic self is like, Yo, that's not really right. <laughs> right. I mean, oh. which is which is the little that 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 person that that piece of you that's still left is the is the part that enables you to leave. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And I believe yeah. people are born with that part of themselves. It's like yeah. in their DNA yeah. to grow up to be yeah. an adult that thinks like an adult and not right. thinks like a child that does whatever their parent, the cult, tells them to do. <laughs> right. Where you can actually individuate and be separate from your parents and have differing beliefs than what your, right. your parents have. And now I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you're, you're a clinical professor. I, I want to cover what that means. And um, you develop the strategic interactive approach uh, called SIA. Uh, so I want to I want to talk about all this and bite. You created bite. I want to I want to cover all of this. Okay, so um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It's a credential, a master's level um, counseling credential. And by the way, it's a sign of your maturity and your exiting that you can talk friendly to a psych. <laughs> given all of your negative indoctrination, right? Hey, but, hey, Steve, I just want to let you know that these days, some of my best friends are psychs. Okay, good. Yes. That really shows you come, you are out. Yes. You realize there are some good mental health professionals and not ethical, and they're not all the same. And some and have not all, really and, and they don't all come from planet Farsec. Yes, but here's the and thing. And but also the thing is, guys, that that because I, you know, I talk to people about this all the time, like therapy, seeking a psychologist help, a a, a psychiatrist help, like that. That there's no shame in this. It's so important. And time after time, you know, especially people coming from cults, you know, we're not really, you know, they they feel apathetic towards this because maybe they've gone to see somebody, they've told them their life story several times, a different therapist, a different, you just have to really know, uh, you, you have to seek out the right person. And I know it's hard because you, you know, I always tell people, listen, write down your story as a third per, like write down your story as the third person. It literally can be, there was a boy named Steve born in, you know, in the Bronx to 
and just tell your story. Yeah, I say way, do it first to, person instead yeah, of third. Whatever, it's, it's fine. narrative therapy. And I, you don't, and you could just send that to your prospective person. But you know, you really do need to seek people who are right for you, who know. And there's right. not a so, lot of people who who are who are dealing in like trauma in cults. Right. Yes, ahead, and there sir. are a lot of mental health professionals sure. who may have watched, you know, Aftermath or something, mm -hmm. and they think they're an expert on Scientology. And let right. me tell you, you need specialized training, in my opinion, if you want to work with former cult members. I agree. It is not the standard fare. It helps if you know about trauma. It helps mm -hmm. if you know about dissociation. It mm -hmm. helps if you know about abuse. Mm -hmm. It helps if you know about somatic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, therapies, but you really need to do your homework. And if you don't know it, you should get supervision and training or mm -hmm. refer instead of making your client teach you. Right. Right. And, exactly. and make them pay you to exactly. learn what they should be paying to learn. Exactly. And there is really nobody specializing in Scientology, well, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, you I feel to. like I am. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about you. Yes. Huh? You're more expensive. I'm more expensive than and that's other the people. other thing. That's the other st thing, Steve, is that I had no idea. Like, I just assumed that insurance covered this. I was like, listen, you, you need to talk to somebody. Then when I get them on board to talk to somebody, it's who do I go to? Okay, this is the only person that I know I could recommend uh, maybe three people to you, right? right? So, and they can't afford it. And there's no, it's insane. It's that's insane. why I do 80% of my week is free. I'm doing, I'm putting out, materials i'm doing interviews i'm writing books i'm doing videos and there's some great stuff out there but it's not the same as sitting with someone and yes. really doing the reprogramming you need right. to reprogram your mind yeah and the essence of what i say to all my clients is it's your mind you need to be in control of it, not mm -hmm. some third person or some external authority figure, mm -hmm. certainly not me. Right. You need to be in your body, which is something, you know, ooh, Scientology wants you to learn to exteriorize is a good thing. It's not a good thing to exteriorize. You want to be in your body, in the present time, right. with an internal locus of control, knowing who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what your values are, and right. you need a toolkit for reorienting your brain yes. to the way you want to be instead of everything being referenced. I don't want to be like the cult, right? me, right. so I'm going right. to do this. Right. They make me wear a beard, so I'm going to shave the beard. They right, make right. me be a vegetarian, so I'm going to eat meat or whatever. You need to not use the cult destructive experience as the reference point for your identity. You want to be in your body, thinking forward to a positive future. Right. And you want to reprogram your experiences. Now, Hubbard was a hypnotist. I said right. this to you, Mike, when we sat down in Marcy's office right. and you were like, 
no, it's not. And I'm like, it's Mike, it really is. This is something I've been studying since 1980. And my recollection is your wife, who I believe is a, a, a midwife or, or, or something. A doula. Doula. A doula said, a doula. no, Mike, it re breathing really matters. And yeah, it really, you know, hypnosis really is a real thing and you should pay attention. But we could spend hours talking about hypnosis. And, and Mike, I know you talk with John Atak. Uh, and he and I did a demo at a Toronto conference right? I think with Chris Shelton and, and Christian Zerko, where we had them do the TRs and, and John and I broke it down. It's on John's website, his YouTube. You don't realize that until you start doing the work that you're talking about, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was Jesse yeah. and Stacy who first like hipped me to it. It was in the Lisa McPherson period. Where we sat down and they then they did the TRs and I'm like, D I know this is hypnotic. <laughs> not is only and not only Steve is it, it, it hypnotic for for children uh, who are forced to learn these training routines in Scientology at a very young age. We are taught to not react. That reacting to being um accosted and 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 uh verbally abused as you're sitting there is to create a a a person who then loses the very thing they need for survival which yeah, is that's the we BS. have to react we that's it, it's a vital yes it, but right. it, reacting is a vital part of survival if we exactly. don't teach our children when if you have an adult or uh it doesn't matter saying sexual things to you, abusing you, you need to speak up for yourself. 100%. Crying and being upset is an important part of growing up. Your feelings are your friends. But right. Hubbard, Hubbard, you know, studied Korzybski, as I understand the meaning of words, and mm -hmm. people think they're being dehypnotized by doing Scientology when, in fact, it's the exact opposite. Correct, yes. And... The bottom line is, if you're told not to react, that's called yeah. dissociation. That's sure. numbing. Right. And it's all based on a 1950s, out-of-date, debunked model of human mind mm -hmm. uh, that used the catharsis, I'm using air quotes now, catharsis yeah. model that the, the, the brain is like a battery and you just need to keep discharging current and then it'll go away. That's not human consciousness at all. Right. It's it's fraudulent and it's um, devious as hell because your your people are coming in thinking I'm going to learn how to communicate, and there's and no informed consent. At you all, are being you, taught to hypnotize yourself and, and be hypnotized. Yes, and you're also creating a person who thinks that reacting to abuse is bad because they Scientology teaches if you're reacting to a, a grown man in front of you talking about your private parts and what's he and what he wants to do to you as a button that needs to be flattened as you're sitting there crying asking for your mother and not allowed to move uh, if you, you're teaching children how to be abusive and how to accept abuse and that's how we were all raised I, I just want to get a word in. I hope it's to apologize to Steve for you well, thinking that you have <laughs> God, sorry, God, like. Okay. 
first of all, I have a slightly different recollection of that interaction because I recall saying to you, Steve, when you were saying, I want to tell you about hypnosis. And I said, well, you know, I've always believed that hypnosis was uh, a guy swinging a, a, a watch or, you know, some circle thing that makes you turn and like, uh, isn't that what hypnosis is? And you said, no, dummy. That's not what hypnosis is. I didn't is. say dummy, but I think your memory you is more that. accurate than mine. <laughs> but you did. No, but you, you quite rightly did think that. And I don't know that my idea of what hypnosis is, is so um, far out from the regular run-of-the-mill guy that doesn't know anything about the subject. Remember, my education on hypnosis is Hubbard education, mm -hmm. which is saying Scientology is unhypnotizing people. Dianetics unhypnotizes people. And it's that framework that this conversation happened in. And I was saying to, to you, Steve, so tell me what tell me what it really is then. What is this really? Because I don't get it. I, I actually don't understand what hypnosis is and how Scientology is hypnosis. And that's when you went into the explanation. That's okay, why I said I, at I the think... beginning, this is something I actually had on my list I wanted to take up with you because I thought it was incredibly enlightening and important Great. to explain that hip what what the the childish idea of hypnosis with a swirly thing sitting in yeah. front of you or a guy with a pocket watch click you know back yep. and forth you're getting sleepy you're getting sleepy run around like a chicken you know that's well, the sort stage of stuff. hypnotists is what most people are exposed to rather than like what is really going on and right. i want to state clearly clinical hypnotherapy by a mental health professional with ethics can be incredibly wonderful and powerful. And so don't think that uh, trance work is by itself a bad thing. The critical thing, if you're a therapist, is empowering your client to be functional versus be dependent on you, the, sure. the therapist, right? right? It's about empowering experiences and tools. To move on, I want to say that... Um, don't get hung up with words. Words can be traps. Sure. And it's more important to understand what the meaning is of the a full. word. Sure. And hypnosis has changed over time from a model of authoritative hypnosis called direct suggestion, where an authority figure was ordering a person to, your eyelids are getting heavy, heavy, yes. heavy. And some people would be like, screw you, I'm not closing my freaking eyes, I don't right. trust you. Right. And then they were not hypnotizable, right. whereas the evolution of hypnosis with Milton Erickson and what later came to be called NLP was understanding that people are going in and out of trance states all day long, and if you pay attention and know how to elicit a trance state, you're bypassing someone's critical thinking right? and yeah. getting into their experiences or their feelings. Right. So instead of your eyelids are getting heavy, 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 and gives a chance for resistance <laughs> to say, no, they aren't, right. 
uh, someone who's Ericksonian trained hypno hypnotist would be like, I'm wondering if you're starting to realize that something is beginning to happen right. around your face, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> I can do the voice. That's want. okay. That's okay. No, I never. I don't use hypnosis with my clients except in the rarest of occasions, but I use it to explain to people who've been in hit cults where they have been hypnotized. So I take videos of the cult indoctrination and i yeah. unpack it yeah and i i i show stage hypnotists like darren brown as demos and explain some of the possible techniques and how right. it connects to the cult that the person is in yeah. but just think about um trance states as in in the positive as being in the flow uh -huh. like if you're a sports person or a musician or a dancer, and you're like no longer thinking as a ego, right. but you're just like doing it. Yes, that it's that condition that is great, but you're not thinking analytically. So sure. if there's somebody with an ulterior motive, an agenda that wants to program you, and this would be the moment that, to do it. Doing on right, yeah, and all that, they can start infiltrating your defense system. Right. And implant crap that you don't want there. Right. right. Now, I want to I <laughs> talk to you about... Sorry, go ahead. Because I wanted oh, to talk okay. about the uh, SIA, if we, if we haven't gotten to it. Right. So I want to say that I, I am frustrated because I've been doing this full-time for 45 years. I'm going to be 67 in May. I'm, I was frustrated that nothing was changing. And if anything, things were getting worse. There were more and more authoritarian cults. Right. And I started to really realize that one of the main problems is the law. The legal system is 100 years out of date with understanding mm -hmm. how the mind works and how influence works. Right. And this notion that you turn 18 and you magically are ready to make mature adult decisions. Right. Know? It doesn't when really, work. And when really the brain, the a uh, part of the brain for for is pretty it's not really developed until twenty five. Twenty five or twenty six, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I I I got involved with a group of the top forensic psychiatrists at Harvard Medical School. They asked me to do a talk, which I did, and and I said, you know, I've been encouraged to think about being an expert witness, mm -hmm. and like, well, how do you do it? And so they started teaching me and mentoring me. And one of them said, you really need to get a doctorate. If you want to be taken seriously, you need a PhD, not just a master's. And you need to do a scientific study on your bite model to see whether or not it has any scientific validity. Because part of the problem with this topic is Robert J. Lifton's eight criteria, Margaret Singer's six conditions, they're all qualitative descriptions of brainwashing and thought reform. And the law wants something more scientific, something right. measurable, something testable. Okay. And so I basically did a lit review and I did a, a quantitative study with 1,400 subjects and I turned all of the attributes of the BITE model, which, which stands for behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. Okay. 
and I turn them into a scale, each one, never to always. And okay. people responded of all of these things, what fit their experience. And we came out with a factor analysis of control that was close to ideal. It was like 0.9, which is almost unheard of. But I was able to then make an argument that using the bite model and the influence continuum, one can then determine how authoritarian mm -hmm. any relationship or any group is. Right. And this doesn't just apply to behaviors. cults. It just, just doesn't just apply to cults. Right. Right. So, so it, it, and we were able to identify key things like lack of informed consent is a big deal in the law. Right. Right. That's the terminology we want to use going forward. People who get recruited into authoritarian cults like Scientology do not know what it's really about. They don't know the secret levels. Right. They don't know about Hubbard being on drugs when he wrote Dianetics <laughs> or his involvement with the OTO and, and Crowley and all the rest. Right. Anyway, so um, I have this dissertation. It's online. I took Lifton's criteria, Singer's, Shine's. I took law that is in practice right now on trafficking fraud force and coercion are the definitions the government uses for trafficking right i took my bite model i connected the dots and i presented alan shefflin who's a law professor emeritus's social influence model that looks that an expert can go before a judge and a jury and say your honor here's how we here here's how i evaluated this case right the influencee, the influencer, mm -hmm. the techniques, the, the goals, the purposes, the consequences. And you can then evaluate anything of whether or not there was undue influence or it was due influence, which and is who would benefit? And who would benefit from looking at this? Because so, this is on your website, right? Uh, this. So I think it's, a, I, I, I hope that I'm not overreaching, but I think it's a game changer because it takes, you know, destructive authoritarian cults and it points to specific improper anti-human rights behaviors. Mm -hmm. And especially for any group that we're giving tax exemption status to. Right. We, we punish use car dealers uh -huh. for, for changing the odometer <laughs> right. and lying about what the person's buying. Right. Why? And, and this is another because argument they're saying, I would they're make. saying because it's a fake because people don't have to believe it. It's faith. That's the, I guess that's the argument. You, you know what I mean? That people are, are saying, well, you don't have to believe, you know, what you've been taught. You don't have to be a Scientologist. Right. So that, but that speaks to a, uh, false uh, assumption you need overt coercion rather right. than subtlety and incremental indoctrination. <laughs> right. So the, the importance of this model is that it will cut through a lot of confusion. Like people refer to it as the slippery slope. Your yes. religion is my cult and my yes. cult is your religion. Right. No, an ethical religion, in my opinion... Like if the Moonies had acted ethically and said, we believe Sun Myung Moon is, is the Messiah and that sure. the Jews killed Jesus and they deserve to be in the Holocaust. 
I would have said, get lost, you anti-Semitic people. Pieces of shit, yes. But they (laughs) infringed on my religious freedom by lying to me to invite me into this situation that was then going to and did co-opt my brain. And then I went on to co-opt other people's brains and interfere with their educations and their relationships and their families. So I became an abuser. Oops, just like you became, Mike. Because we believed so totally that we were doing a good thing to save the planet. Right. And, And Steve, one thing that you said that I think is so important, and I really, I want to put this on the website that we have for the, for this podcast and on my blog, is the idea that the legal system is 100 years out of date is absolutely right. And we are witnessing this every time a court hearing happens with the victims of Scientology. I'm sure it's happening all over the place to victims of all sorts of different groups and cults, but the victims of Scientology today are being forced to engage in Scientology's version of, quote, arbitration, which is nothing of the sort. It's not even really a word in Scientology, but people have been persuaded to sign these agreements when they were within Scientology that are now being used to force them to go back in and undergo more abuse by Scientology rather than have access to the court system because judges just refuse to even contemplate the idea that you can brainwash someone or that you can have, let's use your your more scientific term, undue influence over them and cause them to do things that are not in their best interest. And as soon as you have gotten someone to do something that's not in their best interest, holding that as the reason why you now are going to continue to abuse them because they did something that was not in their best interest is not on them. It's actually on who caused them to do that in the first place. 100%. People don't look at Patty Hearst and go, she is responsible for everything she did. They look at her and they go, she's a victim of being brainwashed and put under undue influence. Now, I'm not saying- No, the cult apologists would argue. The cult apologists that have been paid off by Scientology and the Moonies and everyone else say she chose it and she was rebelling against her parents, which I think, like you, BS. Right. And that's exactly what Leah was just saying. It's like this idea that this is someone's free will is such a, it's such a a simplistic talk about black and white. This is just so simplistic. It is the, it's sort of the, the ultimate, well, I don't have to, to really look at what's going on here. I can just say, ah, they had a choice. So I, I, I have an interview, a podcast, a blog and, and um, interview that I did with a top forensic psychiatrist, an expert on torture, Barry Roth. And he said that the international community have two agreed upon crimes that everyone agrees on. Torture is wrong mm-hmm. and trafficking is wrong. Sla- slavery is wrong. Trafficking and slavery. Okay. And, but 
interestingly, he sh explained to me, because I thought torture was just like hanging people up physically and flogging mm -hmm. them. Yeah. No, right. it's about breaking down a person's sense of self. Right. Hello? Right. Right. <laughs> Right. And and in the models of brainwashing, what's called unfreezing, changing, refreezing, unfreezing a person's sense of self. And that's in my dissertation, a whole laundry list of techniques, sleep deprivation, mm -hmm. information control, loaded language, phobia implantation, thought stopping mm -hmm. technique. You can go through the whole list. So I really think this dissertation by connecting the dots yeah. to the international community, it may take a while for the U.S. to catch up to international law. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I know that you've, you know Lloyd Evans and have done work right. with Jehovah's Witnesses and such. And there was just a, a, very, a major decision in Belgium where a court decided it was hateful discrimination by the watchtower against ex-members mm -hmm. like they were depriving them of their human rights by cutting them off from their families and their friends sure scientology can use the same thing <laughs> yes I exactly and the other thing too i just want to point out is that sure. the, the the scientology is a business. Yes. <laughs> it costs money. It's not just a donation. It has a price list. It should be considered a business. Just conduct yourselves and say you're a business. You do sales pitches. You have a sales department. You have books with thousands and thousands of instructions on how to get money into the organization, how to... Reg people, which is a way hey, to get I, 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 I know you're saying this for your yeah. listeners, but yeah. most of your listeners know this already. I, I no, you, listen. No? Okay. Listen, I, I, have to, I have to remind people of this when we're talking but, about religion. We're but talking, I was there yeah. before they got their tax exemption status. Yes, I, yes. I witnessed with Paulette's harassment against her. I've had... Yes. Scientologists picketing me in Nazi uniforms and handing out, you know, disinformation yes. to media and everyone else. I'm also on the Stan League. I saw your posts, Mike. I'm also uh, and best Wait, friends with you. What do you mean you're on the Stan League? Because I want to make sure uh, Stan nobody thinks League, the the critic, the Scientology front group propaganda okay. thing. Yes, you're not with I, them. I beat and torture people, and I, I blah blah blah. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> and my best friend is John Atak, who wrote yeah. A Piece of Blue Sky. So, yes. like, I, I know too much about Scientology, but I think Scientology is the low-hanging fruit for exposing the whole damn thing. Because it is so obvious Yes, when you pull away and you look at the lawsuits. And there have been some judges who have been spectacular in terms of their decisions far and few but, between but, steve because we're, I haven't mi seen we're missing we're missing you know we still have work to do but i'm 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 gonna keep fighting and being activists because smart lawyers who care about justice yes will step up to the plate on this one because it's horrible what's going on the abuse 
And I also want to just say I have two videos, and I don't know if you guys know about them, but I interviewed Nancy Maney and Larry Brennan when we did a um, uh, we did a video together. Larry was asked by Hubbard to make it into a religion, right. and he talked about all of the experiences later. He came out as Denise Brennan. I did another interview just prior to her death. Wow. And and Denise has a packet on David Miscavige's lies and what and how to undo the tax exemption stuff. Maybe Mike, you look like you know what I'm already referring to completely. But we have the 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 documents of people who were there who sure. said, let's let's make it into a religion. Here's how we're gonna trick everybody and coerce everybody. Right. And where right. can we see this? Is this posted anywhere on your website? On my no. website, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you I'll, links. I'll link to the I'll link to this stuff. If you send me all the links to everything you want, I'll put it all on my page. <laughs> I have too many things, but Yeah, well, not you everything. Come then. to my site and do the search box and <laughs> exactly. have fun. Exactly. I just have no, one these... final question I want to ask you though, Steve. Yeah, please. But just because you uh, appeared in that in Seduced, and clearly you are very familiar with what happened with Nexium and Keith Ranieri. And well, that was NLP, right? Explicitly. I, yes, I, I find that that whole part of that very interesting. Uh, but if you look at Nexium. The FBI finally acted, or the Justice Department finally acted, and he has been taken down, and uh, to all intents and purposes, Nexium is pretty much ruined. Why do you think that that happened, but it's never happened to Scientology? What do you see is the difference? What do you see is, therefore, the avenue to approach to get the same, you said, I want Scientology's tax-exempt status taken away. I want the David Miscavige and company prosecuted for their crimes. So it happened with Nexium. How does it happen with Scientology? Why hasn't it? What's your thoughts about that? So Nexium is way smaller than Scientology, even though Ranieri stole a lot from the Hubbard playbook, as mm -hmm. you know so well in mm -hmm. so yep. many ways. I think there was a lot going on, but one thing was a high-level whistleblower that I can't name, but gave the goods to the feds. That in and of itself wasn't enough. Oh, yeah. You know, calling all favors from all of the right. politicians who mm -hmm. know people going on TV. And that's why, Leah and you, Mike, when you guys went public, I was jumping up and down. Because right. you were courageous. I mean that sincerely. Because the cult, as you know, has hurt so many of my friends. Yes. Threatened and harassed me. I've sure. always had the attitude with them whenever they try to threaten me. Please, if you really want to threaten me, I'm promising you I'm doubling down on Scientology. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and that, similarly. That's what I'd say. And then I'd yeah. say, by the way... The cult I was in is connected with the CIA and the Korean CIA. Yeah. And if they ever take over the world, they're getting rid of Scientology. And I'm their number one critic. So if you want to keep Scientology around, you got to protect me. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I would say, and I would say it yeah. to OSA people, and I'd say, make sure you get this right in your knowledge report. Right, right, right. And, 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 and the website. And the, and the website. Yeah. <laughs> the website anyway. they created. Yeah. The, the thing is, is, you know, I really believe good people want to do the right thing. Yes. People are suffocating in the cult right now. They're cut off from family and friends who have left Scientology and other cults. They're waiting for liberation. I, I, when you asked me to do it, I, yeah, I, it took me at least a second to say yes. yes. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Through the Cult of Trump book, even though I was censored by the media until sure. the insurrection, of course, yeah, on the on the sixth of January, and then yeah. Biden being sworn in. Now everyone wants to interview me. I'll right. take it. Yeah, no, and and although we've done a lot of good, you know, we're all in this together uh, as far as taking away its tax exemption because it is a business and it is it doesn't doesn't deserve the power that it's given with the protection uh, that it's given by the IRS. And we we keep trying and thank you, Steve, for all that you do, all that you've mm-hmm. been doing, and. Uh, yes. You you've helped so many people just with what you do, and and I cannot thank you enough. And I hope that uh, listen, I have family members who who were in Scientology who now are subscribing to QAnon and subscribe to to uh, extremist ideologies, and it's very painful to watch. It's, you know, QAnon is a cult, yeah. by the way. It's not a kooky conspiracy theory. It's well, that's actual- is what this is what people thought of Scientology that it was innocuous, just you know. Tom Cruise jumping on a couch, and isn't it wacky Hollywood yep. uh, little thing? And it isn't. It isn't. I mean, it. It. You know, QAnon now is kind of having the same effect on on, on our family in that it is. Yeah, it but is, there are yeah. techniques for how to dialogue with people. If you have five minutes, I'll give you a quick overview. I never, you know, finish with the with. Please the whole- no, because you know I don't want people to think that you just have to be in Scientology or the Moonies or the, you know. So it, when Scientology yeah. or Jehovah's Witnesses or the Moonies or whoever um, uh, shun someone or disfellowship yeah. them or disconnect, yeah. doesn't yeah. mean ex-members have to be- uh, follow those rules. Right. Right. Your cult right. members have to follow the rules or they'll get in trouble. But Steve, but I'm having the to. same problem. Right? I'm ha- no, but I'm 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 having the same problem that I had when talking to people, you know, for Scientology, right? When I was selling it. Uh and the same, you know, having the same conversation to people who were still in it and trying to convince them to get out. I'm I'm having the same conversations with with family members who uh uh politically think different than than I do uh are now subscribing to you know other dangerous th- ways of thinking I, I can't even talk to them and say could you can you can you just look at this data why are you tweeting that why would you tweet that so there's a lot to unpack here but yeah. trial and error learning a lot having a lot of great teachers I love reading books and learning so my process keeps evolving. But basically, the frame that's going to work is a truth-seeking frame right. versus I'm in the truth and you're right. brainwashed. Because I'd be doing the, the same thing to them that, that i like, yeah. So if I can pretend you're the relative, sure. Sure. Leah. Yeah. Leah, 
you're so bright, you're so talented, you're so intelligent. If you believe so passionately in QAnon, mm-hmm. I because I I care about you, I respect you, I have to take it seriously. I really want to understand how you have come to believe in QAnon. Right. So I'm lowering myself, not I'm I'm the cult expert. Listen to me. I'm telling you it's a cult. Sure. No. It's like, and and I have QAnon people and Trump people almost constantly saying I'm in the cult of the libtards. Right. Right. Yes. 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 I'm the one who's brainwashed. Right. So I'm like. Oh, I'm I'm the one who's brainwashed. Yes. How interesting. Please explain what brainwashing is. I thought I knew what it was. I just have a PhD. Help me, uh, yeah. help me understand <laughs> what makes you think I'm brainwashed. So the point is, it's a dialogue that's yes. respectful. And what I propose, first of all, most people have cut off contact or minimized contact with their friends and family who've gotten into yes. the cult of Trump or sure. into QAnon. Yes. And, and they, they, in my opinion, they need to learn about cults and mind control and they need to reach out and say, hey, I miss you. Right. How are you? Well, it's don't been think, too long. But but and Steve, don't Bill's, you think there's a middle ground? I, I agree with you, right? But there's a middle ground because just as you're saying that about, let's say, people who, you know, are Trump supporters, right? Um, you the other side has to be as respectful because that 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 part seems to be missing on so both on both sides. That's why I'm saying create a frame. So yeah. if if the the QAnon person or the Trump person is angry at you because mm-hmm. you called them a schmuck mm-hmm. in a in a moment of of insensitivity, mm-hmm. apologize. Right. I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. Please forgive me. Can we have a reboot right. on our relationship? Because I value you and you're important to me. And you can ask them, and the, the timing may not be right right now. But right. The right. point is, is to establish the more contact a uh, authoritarian cult member has with normal people, mm-hmm. the better. Well, don't you think Faster they attract? But they attract to the to the group that subscribes to their way of thinking. Well, they're programmed to do that. But the mm-hmm. point. So, do you know about Daryl Davis? No, tell me. You should check out Daryl Davis, maybe even have him on. So he's this black pianist, Jerry Lee Lewis, and he were buddies. He'd be playing, you know, boogie piano. And this KKK grand wizard was in the room saying, hey, you play like Jerry Lee Lewis. And he was like, I know, he's my friend. He learned a lot from me. Anyway, Daryl Lewis would sit da- sit down with him, even though he's black, and he's with a cake, and he'd be like, tell me why you hate me. Why? You don't even know me. Right. You like my music. Please come back again. And the guy would bring back more KKK people to hear the, the black dude playing music. I think he's gotten 200 people out of the KKK. Wow. He didn't read my books, I can assure you, but he right. just intuitively figure it out like how to be a mensch to right, use right. a yiddish term yes how yes. to be a real person talk respectfully and engage people where they're at 
And the thing with QAnon is like, let's let's agree to be truth searchers together. Yes. Let's take turns. You share something that was really important to you that persuaded you to take QAnon seriously. Yeah. We'll watch it together. We'll discuss it. Then it will be my turn. I will share a video. We'll watch it together. We'll discuss it. And then it will be your turn. But the that's where it's respectful. It's buy-in from both sides. It's time intensive. Yes. It's not like have one one hour conversation, snap yes. your fingers and they wake up. But a lot of these folks spend hours and hours, hours and hours of indoctrination mm -hmm. a day with right. this crap over and over and over. And unless they're having other information coming through in a way that isn't immediately dismissed or thought stopped. Do you know about David Weissman? Yes. Yes. So David, I wrote about in the cult of Trump. He was tr trolling Sarah uh -huh. Silverman. <laughs> right. And Sarah's like, thank you for your service. You're a veteran. Thank you for, for helping us. And he was like shocked that a celebrity would even give him a time of day, much less compliment him. Right. And then he was like, I think, attacking her about gun stuff. And she said, well, you obviously have thought about this. You tell me what you think the solution is to right. mass gun violence incidents. She asked him a good question with respect. This was on right. Twitter, I think. It wasn't yes. even Yeah, it was verbal. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. But it, it made him think. Yes. Holy right. mackerel. And, and you know Tori Christman's story who is in OT7 mm -hmm. and 30 years. Andreas was like, if your friends are treating you like this, are they really your friends? Right. And she and, was and, like, this guy Booker, who has Xenu is, my, is treating me nicer than my, my Scientology people. And Mark Bunker, you know, if you ever watch Mark Bunker's early videos where he's confronting Scientologists in, in Clearwater, Florida, he was so respectful, like you're saying. So I think... Well, we could take away from this for people who are just dealing with people with different beliefs who, you know, your your families are being destroyed by it. You know, politics have played a role in the destruction of your family. You know, I think I think what we could just take away from this, it's not a quick answer, Steve. And I think you should go to Steve's website because Steve is a leader in what he does. And it, but I, I just think it, if you could take anything away from this, it's not going to be easy. But connect up with your family members Start the conversation. It is not an attack. That's not going to get you anywhere. And don't think that you're, you know, I had to, you know what I had to do, Steve? I had to look at a, a family member that we're talking about. I had to remember how much I love this person and what a good heart this person has. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself of that, even though mm -hmm. I was having these other thoughts, like, I cannot believe you're falling for this. This is what people thought of me. Right. right? So you're, and that you're, didn't work on me. Why would 100%. I think it's going to work on? So, so I had to remember, you have to remember that even though we have different beliefs, we have to get to a place where remember just because this person is thinking differently or in some crazy shit, you have to remember why you love them, you, why you, that they're good people. So it helps to dig up old yes. photos as yes. well as remember positive mm -hmm. memories and videos. Yes. 
because you can use it to anchor yourself if you're starting yes. to get angry. And remember, yes. they're still in there. Right. So they you just got to get to it. the of the cult yes. member. Yes. But the real them is still in there. Yes. But what I want to say is that people who come out of a cult have mm -hmm. to do homework on themselves to yes. recover, to understand, to unpack what happened to them. Yes. And the more they do that, the more um flexible and creative they'll be in helping others to exit and the right. problem is when people try too quickly to rescue someone else they get triggered right because the cult yes. member is trying to lure them back yeah. and using all the the trigger or, or words. telling them that they're an enemy and they're stupid you, they're uneducated they don't exactly. know exactly yeah. so yeah. you need to you need to really prepare right or and 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 understand and with Scientologists, you, you're you not going to like that I'm going to say this, but you really need to reclaim the English language. Yeah. I, no. I listened to no. both you're of so you right. on podcasts, and you're still using some bullshit. Scientology. Bullshit. bullshit. So much. I'm going to call bullshit on this. Because Mike is guilty of this, because I get yelled at for cutting people off, because I always say, yeah, explain this, explain this. When people Good. don't know what this means. People don't know what that means. So blame Good. Mike. <laughs> oh, I've taken a lot of shit in this show. <laughs> no, you've come a long I'm way. So I really oh, want to acknowledge nice 46 years, what, 35 years? Yes. I mean, yes. really, kudos. Thank you. Thank you. And be, thank you. Be gentle you, with yourselves. But and we are. Matter. It's, and it's with one another that we have problems. Ah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> But Steve Hassan, thank you so much for all that you do and everything's available on, will be available on our website as well as on Steve's and Steve, I know this won't be the last time that we're going to talk to you. So I'm going to thank you in advance for, <laughs> for coming back. <laughs> Always being willing to help. <laughs> well, the, the, it's going to take an, a, a, a lot of us and the, I want to end with this yeah. point when you're yes. in a cult, like I was, I didn't think I was in a cult. But I was willing to learn about Chinese communism as a cult. Right. And if you pick a group that the person agrees is bad and use them as a case example and right. then get into the influence continuum and the bite model where they can really understand it over there, yes. then you can kind of back your way into, well, how is your group different? Right. 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 Yep. How open yeah. are you to talking to an ex-member or a yep. critic? Yeah. Right. Every Scientologist will agree that Nexium is a cult. Yes. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, great. Yeah. But you know, we can't even you can't even talk to a Scientologist. Like they, they won't right. even talk I to understand. you. So I I'm not we're not talking about Scientologists because they're that you unless they approach us because they're thinking already of leaving. Just the same with me with Moonies. Yeah. They yeah, won't talk a, to me yeah. either. They won't answer an email, <laughs> they won't answer a text, they won't come on any program that we're doing. They you just can't even communicate. Even if it's you still so valuable to yeah. ask. Yeah, no, True. I agree. Even yes. if they even if they're not allowed to, the fact yes. that you asked. The yeah. little part of them may go, hmm, they yeah. like me. Hmm. No, you're you never right. know. You're right, Steve. I what should. wakes people up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. My pleasure. Continued success. And, and let's let's uh, transform the planet to becoming more aware yes. around our personal power and yes. our ability to think and make choices that are healthy that are collaborative instead of demonizing other people. Like let's find the common ground I love and, 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 and help each other. Let's help each other. Terrific. 
Thank you, Steve, so much. Thank you. My pleasure. See ya. Okay, honey. Thank you again. And you look great, Steve. Uh, I think you look great. Have you lost weight? No, I'm getting fatter. I don't... I can't tell. But anyway. You look good. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.